evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Facebook. I am your host, Justin Murray. And as I usually start with all my um, podcasts, all my episodes, uh, for those who are joining me for the very, very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. And please, please continue to come on back. And please invite your friends, your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, whoever you need to invite. Please, certainly looking for new viewers and new people to listen to the podcast. And for those who have been here from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. And you continue to listen again, once again, your family, your friends, your loved ones, out there with your dog, your cat, your neighbors, whoever you need to invite. Please invite them on to come on in. As I've said, I'm on Facebook. I'm on, I'm on uh, Twitter. Uh, any questions you might have for me, for me to answer for you, an opinion that you want me to throw back your way, uh, I'm on Facebook. And I am on uh, Twitter. That's pretty much about it. Like I said, I've never been to much Instagram or TikTok or any other social media outlets, which I'm sure there's a, seems like a billion out there, or so it seems to be the case. Um, again, let's let's get in, let's get into it. You know, uh, people, uh, players, teams are starting to slowly but surely they're getting into camp, and it's great. It's a great time for um, football fans, especially myself, and the ones that do listen to this podcast, and football fans all over the entire world. We're getting we're getting close. Uh, we're getting there. Your team is going into camp. Um, you know, I'm sure there is um, your the owners, the coaching staff, the players. They've got that high goal. Everybody has one goal in mind. That's to reach the old Vincent Lombardi Trophy. That's what everybody wants to do. I asked the other defending Rams, Los Angeles Rams, for trying to repeat, which will be the first time in quite a few years to do the last ones to do it, where the England Patriots were the last ones to do so. And as everybody knows, it's hard to stay on top. Everybody's gunning, is gunning for you, and certainly everybody's league is gunning for one, is for Los Angeles Rams. But in any event, let's jump right, let's jump right into it. Uh, the first subject we'll bring up, bring up is an article I read here recently. I think it's uh. McCole Hardman, Hardman of the Kansas City Chiefs, the uh, has says that said that uh, that he will st- he will step up since Tyreek Hill is no longer part of the Kansas City Chiefs. We all know he's going to the Miami Dolphins who trade and got X amount of dollars, dollars X amount of dollars, which is something Kansas City did not want to pay, which they felt they were going to have to pay at some point in time. They got money tied into Patrick Mahomes. And they've got a lot of money, you know, money I'm sure tied into one Travis Kelsey and a few other players. So Tyreek Hill was not going to get the money he probably felt that he deserved. So now McCole Hardman, uh, former University of Georgia, and Hardman has certainly got Tyreek Hill speed, without a doubt, but he feels that he needs to step it up. It's a... Um, and Hardman's right. I'm not going to deny his point. He needs to step up. Uh, Tyreek is a big, is a big, is a big void to fill. I mean, right now, Travis Kelsey is certainly the number one, the number one option for Patrick Mahomes. That's, I mean, that's not rocket science. We all know that he is that guy. That he is the guy that Patrick Mahomes is going to look to without a doubt. Certainly, that means. He's gonna get more coverage. He might he's gonna get double covered a lot more. And that's gonna and that means guys like Hardman, Jesus Smith Schuster, who came over from Pittsburgh. Uh, 
Scanlon, Al Scanlon coming over from Green Bay. These guys were to step step up. Um, even I hate to say, it, even a, a rookie like Sky Moore they drafted. He's got to come out and be game busters right off the bat. Again, there's a lot of targets to go around, certainly without a doubt. But these guys are going to have to step up. Uh, you know, and to me, I think the running game it needs to step up a little bit. Clyde Edwards Eckler, I believe uh, he is, as of understanding, he's in, he's in good shape. Uh, he's going to step his game up. He may catch pass out of backfield. Ronald Jones, who he signed away from Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's going to have to come in and step his game up. Uh, I think, to be honest with you, if they're if they're done right, I think I think it could be a decent one-two punch. Uh, they re-signed Jarek McKinnon, who had a, had a nice uh, playoff run. He's re-signed. They can certainly use him in a third-down-back situation. He was also in that situation with the Minnesota Vikings years ago. And whenever he was on the field for the San Francisco 49ers, he played a good role. So injuries have always curtailed his career, but he had a good playoff. He had a very good playoff run. So with these three running backs, with these three running backs, the running game is going to have to step up, step up. But I agree with Harbin 100%. The bottom line is everybody's going to have to step their game up. Because everybody's going to look at one, one Travis Kelsey. But for me, for me, Andy Reid, the bottom line is get a running game going. Do not put all the pressure on one Patrick Mahomes. Now, yes, I know Patrick has, has delivered. He's delivered a Super Bowl. He's been to well, he's been to two Super Bowls. He's delivered your one. They got to the AFC Championship game, which again I'll sit back and say Kansas City should have buried the Cincinnati Bengals. They were up 20, 21 to three at one point, and they should have put their foot on the throats of the Cincinnati Bengals. But they did not do that. Still don't understand this day why they did not do so. But they should have done that. Should have been able to do it as well. They should have been able to do that. But the running game, it needs to step up. You know, uh, Clyde Edwards Claire, he needs to step up. This will be his third year. Uh, big things respecting him and drafting him. Drafting him, you know, number one, number one, number one pick. Uh, Ronald Jones, who has had his issues with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's had, he's had a couple of, a little bit of ups, but a lot of downs. And Ronald, with him and Claire, I think they, those two could be an interesting one two punch. If Andy Reid loses him correctly. And McKenna, McKenna, like I said, had a good playoff run last year. If these three running backs are used the right way and, you know, spruced out the right way, they could be a very good running game for one Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City offense. But the thing is, other guys have got to step up. And I know, will it be Hardman? Hardman has not proved that much. I believe this will be his what, third year in the league, third or fourth, maybe third or fourth year in the league, and he has yet to step up his game. He's a, a, a dangerous return man. There's no mistake about that. But the bottom line is he needs to step his game up as well. Can and let's be and Scanlon. Scanlon has not really looked a little bit on fire when he was with Green Bay, and he had one Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football. Now Scanlon, he has speed, but he has not proved anything. The one guy that has proved a little something in the NFL is one Juju Schuster. Now, Juju did an outstanding job being a number two receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers because the number one guy was Antonio Brown. And, and when Antonio was on his game, 
He was one of the best receivers in the game. But Juju was a solid number two man. But when Juju had to move to the number one spot, it became an issue. And he just, he had some ups and he had some downs. Injuries curtailed his uh, last year. He came back. He did come back late in the year. But the thing about this is, is somebody's got to step up other than Travis Kelsey. And out of those guys, Juju has probably the best bet to step up. Now, fantasy football people out there, it's it's kind of hard for me to flip a coin and tell you who I think you should go with. Travis Kelsey is probably certainly a foregone conclusion as he was in the draft. But you ask me who I think the best receiver is, I got to go to Juju right now because Juju has shown that he can do a little something in the NFL. He's probably the best bet. I'd like to see what he can do with Patrick Mahomes throwing him the football. It gets interesting. If you want to ask him about the running game, it's hard for me to say. I don't think McKenna's going to be uh, – McKenna's not going to be a big fantasy football issue for people. I think the thing it comes down to is can you trust Clyde to stay healthy and can you trust him to finally break out? Or do you think Ronald Jones – now, to me, Ronald cuts into Clyde's playing time, certainly without a doubt. That's going to be an issue. Now – I think Clyde, I would think, would get maybe more goal line carries than the other two running backs. I would believe that if you go off of that, Clyde would probably have the edge as far as running game for the simple fact that Clyde can't catch the guys out of the backfield as well as Ronald Jones can do too. But I think out of the three, Clyde certainly still gives you more, give you more bang for your buck, so to speak. And that's going to be and that's going to be the thing for fantasy owners. But I, I, to be honest with you, you could let Clyde probably slide in a lot of drafts if you can get him late. He is worth a late round gamble, but don't get him, don't get him too early. Don't jump on him that quickly. Let him slide, let him slide down the board a little bit. And if you see him late, you see him late in the draft, and none of the other people have, have, have taken him, then go take Clyde, but don't take him early. But getting back to Hardman, Hardman's right. Now, last year, last year, if I'm not mistaken, mistaken correctly, I know that uh, Matthew Berry was all gun ho on Hardman. He figured he was going to be the number two man for to go along with Tyreek Hill, and he disappointed. Now, if I had to step back, let's let's step back and look at the big picture. Now, as far as the starters go, I think Juju's about the only guy that I think is going to be I think Juju is going to be a starting, is going to be one of the starting receivers. I, Clyde's going to be running back. I think Juju's one, is one of the receivers, and certainly Kelsey. Now, they may play a three receiver set, and if that's the case, then I do see Scanlon, Juju, and Harden probably being the three, the three, if that's how it's going to go. And if they're a two receiver system, I'm thinking probably Harden and Juju. And I give Harden the edge because he simply knows the system. He knows the system. That's the reason why I give Harden the edge of knowing the system. But out of the three, I think Juju, yeah, Juju is the guy that's had more success in the NFL than the other two. And I believe Juju, if you're a fantasy guy, he's probably the one receiver that you go after. Now, the sleeper pick in all this would be Sky Moore. Uh, the Chiefs staff are very high on this young man. I'm interested to see what he can do with Patrick Mahomes in that system. But for Hardeman, 
Harden's going to step up. He's got he's got to, he's got to prove to everybody that he is certainly you know certainly worth the draft his pick of a few years ago. He was a good return man. There's no denying that. But Harden's now going to show everybody that he can be a consistent receiver in this league. Now, whether I think Harden needs to be a thousand yard receiver, I don't think so because he's got two old guys in Juju. And Scanlon, maybe Sky Moore, or someone else to step up to the plate. Good draft, young receiver. So I don't think Harden's going to be getting the 1,000 yards. Could be wrong, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Harden is going to have to get hard enough, I think, for him to prove to prove his statement. Harden's going to have to get at least 800 receiving yards. And that's just that's just a ballpark guess. And he's going to have to break for some big touchdowns. I think he's going to have to be an 800-yard guy. He's going to have to get maybe maybe eight, nine touchdowns for at least in my eye to prove that he can hang yeah, can hang and be considered a pretty decent receiver this coming season. But again, you know, Tyreek Hill fills a, a big void, certainly. And they've gone out and they've gone and got, you know, a couple of, couple of receivers. They've gone out and drafted receivers. All this to take the place of one. Tyreek Hill. Now, the thing is, Harden's got Tyreek Hill speed. Scanlon, he has Tyreek Hill speed. Now, Juju, maybe not so much. Juju's the type of guy that can that can get you those good five or six yards. If you're first and ten, Juju can get you maybe six, seven yards. And that can set it up with guys like, you know, Clyde Orchard or Ronald Jones to get the yard, they get the, get those additional three yards for that first down. Don't get me wrong, Kelsey's gonna still be the main option. There's no denying that. But yeah, all receivers gotta step up and harden. Like I said before, for him to step his game up, he's gonna have to get those. He's gonna have to get at least 800 plus receiving yards. And in my opinion, he he is going to have to get maybe eight, nine, maybe he has to get ten touchdowns. Now, do I see Harden catching? Some 60-yard bomb, yeah. Yeah, I see him doing that because he's got the speed to do so. But it becomes a very interesting fit. If you can use him in the receiving game, do you take him out of the return game? Or do you cut his return or do you cut that back? That's an interesting issue that has to be, that has not been discussed yet. It's hard to take him away because he's such a solid weapon in the return game. And that, as we all know, that old expression, speed kills. And Hardman's got plenty, plenty of it to burn. But for Hardman, yeah, he's got to step up his game. He's got to show, he's got to show the brass, can't see the brass, that he was not. Yeah, that he is a decent receiver in this league. He's had some moments in this league, but he has not been consistent enough. And this year, he needs to be consistent because if he's not, then Hardman could really be gone after next season. Now we'll go from one receiver to a, and I guess we have to a sad note. I guess we've all heard reports out of the Houston Texans that John Michi has um, has got leukemia and has been diagnosed with leukemia, and it's certainly it's certainly a sad thing. Uh, Michi was a second round pick by the Houston Texans. He came from the University of Alabama, a young man that had a good career at the University of Alabama. I know 
guys like, you know, I know other guys got more got more recognition than he did, but he was a very solid receiver for the full Clemson, Crimson Tide. Nick Saban, if you ask him, Nick Saban will tell you the same thing. Now, the owner ownership of the Houston Texans are going to make sure that he gets the best treatment possible, and that's certainly great news to hear. Now, I know there was a few years back, was it was it Chuck, uh, was it Chuck Palamo, yeah, Claire Gamo, former uh, Indianapolis Colts head coach, he had the same symptoms, he, I believe, came back. Late, late in the year, I believe. So this is kind of a similar situation, but it's hard for any, whether you're an athlete or an, or an average average Joe walking down the street, it is hard to, when the word, well, cancer itself alone is a very hard word that you want to hear, especially somebody at, a, at a, such a young age. And unfortunately, we all know in life, can, you know, cancer does not care who you are. It doesn't care if you're a professional athlete. It doesn't care if you're president of the United States. You're a big world leader, entertainer, musician, or you could be a four or five year old kid. Cancer doesn't care. It had, it, it's it's one thing I hate to say. It doesn't show favoritism. It's not or you know, it's not racist. It doesn't care. Cancer does not care. And that's and that's pretty pretty self that's pretty simple to say. Now, I can understand it. For me, for me, last year I had such a scare. I had a little bit of a scare. It was, it was felt. It was. I didn't have no leukemia scare, nothing like that. But I did have a cancer scare uh, late last year. There was a possibility where I could have had. They thought I had prostate cancer, and prostate cancer is not as big as leuke- as as certainly as leukemia. Leukemia is nothing like that at all, but. But, you know, it's it's a scary situation. I mean, there are thoughts running through your head, man. That, that, that's the dreaded C word. And that's just, it's hard. And yeah, there's thoughts running, there's, there's thoughts running through my head, but, you know, I, I went on back, but I went back to work, you know. I had MRIs, I had, you know, I had MRIs. I had biopsies done. But luckily, they could not find nothing, nothing in there, which was great news. I had medication to take. That was it. For now, as we are nowadays, you'd be surprised. Modern medicine nowadays is certainly far, far, far in advance. And whereas, you know, with John, it was caught early. He was going to get treatment, and treatment for leukemia nowadays is probably way more advanced than it was probably, let's say, five, ten years ago. And I guess, you know, John's, John will certainly miss this season. Hopefully he'll be back, he'll be back in 2023. I know that the Houston Texans are certainly counting on this young man to come in, to come in and play. Um, they still have Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is one of the more underrated receivers in this game. A lot of people don't talk about how good Brandon Cooks really is. Uh, everywhere Cooks has gone, whether you're a Ram, Saint, you know, a Patriot, he's been a pretty consistent player. He doesn't get a lot of rec- doesn't get big time recognition, but he's a very good player. He's a very underrated receiver in this league. 
it's 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 hard. I know I know the Texas viewers will give a cap of this Amish young Amish young Amish young man, uh, Nico Collins, who we drafted last year, who has who's a big body, has some upside. He will certainly have to step his game up. I uh, he was he had some injuries last year, but again, he'll have to step his game up as well for for Mister for uh, John Nietzsche, for Mister Nietzsche. I certainly hope. I certainly hope the. Uh, hope, you know. Hope you do. Hope you uh, are doing well. Uh, I hope you get back on the field soon. Certainly, my best wishes to, to this gentleman. Again, like I said, cancer is a cancer is a a hard thing. It's a hard. It's a hard thing. But if you got it, you got to do. But I'm sure that he will get the best. That medicine can buy. I'm sure he'll start with the best thing that medicine can, you know, put out there. Uh, he'll get the best treatment that he can get, and hopefully we'll see this gentleman on the field in 2023. Certainly, hope this young man gets better, and we'll see him soon. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is, and it's kind of a, um, it's kind of an interesting thing. I guess we've all heard now that it, it seems like everybody, it seems like. Half the teams in the NFL nowadays are getting a um, an alternate helmet done, if I can say that. The Cincinnati Bengals, well, I can't say Cincinnati Bengals were the first ones that started. The Houston Texans, if I'm not mistaken, were the first ones that really started this. Let me let me put the proper, you know, Houston Texans, they had a nice, they had it, it was, I think it changed like a red, a red helmet. And I liked it, it was, it was pretty cool. I liked the red for the Houston Texans. Then the Cincinnati Bengals came out. They had this white helmet, you know, black stripes. At first, it was like, and eh, I wasn't too sure about it. But then again, it kind of it kind of rubbed off on me. Now, other teams, I believe the Chicago Bears, they've got a an all orange helmet. You know, all orange helmet, and it's got like a C and a C still in the middle. I know the the Jets. I think they've got like a black helmet. The Panthers moved to a black helmet. Um, I'm trying to think of, I know others, uh, the Eagles, I believe, wasn't the Eagles, I think the Eagles have got a kind of a similar thing to the Jets, I believe I've heard the, the Arizona Cardinals have come out with, with, I think with a black helmet, I think, and I think they're, um, I think they are doing it for a few games this season, if I'm not mistaken. Now, some of these, I mean, some of the designs, I mean, some of the things are pretty, pretty cool, but I guess, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to me because now, I guess we all putting out, and I guess everybody, I think um, in I think I think in the Dallas Cowboys are going. I don't think they've got a new helmet, but they're going back to some kind of throwback, throwback, throwback helmet they might use a couple of games this season as well. It's change, you know. Some sometimes they say change is good for some people, and then some people don't like change. I don't mind the change. I mean, I like I said, I like the Houston Texans. I got a chance to see that helmet. Bengals helmet doesn't look bad. I've seen that the Jets the Jets helmet doesn't look too shit. Doesn't doesn't look that bad either. Now like I said, I've seen the Panthers helmet, but it's funny that everybody's going to this. I can say it's funny that all these people are going to this, you know, these different style of helmets. I mean, I don't know any other teams in the NFL are going to, to a different style. I mean. Uh, well, we'll see. We can see the Green Bay Packers with an all with an all white, an all white, an all white helmet or something like that. 
I mean, they would go all, except all yellow, but I have all green with the G, with the G written in yellow. And yeah, Green Bay comes with an ideal. Not to sue them. Not to sue them because it was my ideal. Nah, I'm just kidding. But I mean, but it's uh, interesting. It's kind of an interesting, you know, fit. All these teams are now going for different helmets. Um, what? I'm trying to fast sit here and I'm standing here. And as I do this, I'm kind of wondering why, I guess. It's it's hard for me it's hard for me to say why people are going to these alternates alternate helmets, I guess. Maybe they are trying to get they're trying to change. Like I said, some people think change are good, some people don't like change. But for the um for some of these NFL teams it's it's interesting. I think that Cincinnati Bengals and I've said this before, I think the Bengals wouldn't have gone for this if he hadn't had hadn't had a year that he had last year. And I can't speak for the Jets, Eagles or other other NFL teams. But Certainly, in a way, sometimes you have to wonder if changing helmets over is is a, how can I say it, to add more revenue to your team. Because if you think about it, I know some of these have limited time, but if you think about it, I mean, some people, some people might like the, uh, the alternate helmet that Houston Texans are going roll, to roll, roll out there. And I'm sure that's more money, that's more money coming to the front office, that's more money that you can certainly do, use on free agency, you know, draft picks down the road. Now, I know people don't think like that, but for me, that's kind of a possibility where you're doing this. It could be a limited time. But again, change is not bad. Not at all. Something else, like I said, Texans, the Bengals are bad. Now, the Jets have the all-black look. I've seen it. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. I might not be the biggest fan of it, but it's not bad. So it's interesting to see if other teams will, I don't know, follow suit, maybe. I don't know if that's going to be the case here, but maybe we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I like to see what, what, some, what uh, some people listen to my podcast, what, 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 do they, what do they think? What do they think of this? I mean, what team, what team would you like to see change? change their helmet. I mean, it's interesting. Um, I mean, what about the, what do they do with the New York, the New York Giants? I said, are the New York Giants, are they going to they go all white and have NY and blue? I mean, I don't know. You, you, I mean, you never know. Um, I think one time, what did I hear one time? I thought the Patriots, I thought the New England Patriots were going to change. I thought they were going to change their helmet for a couple of games, I thought. What about, the, what about the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> I don't know. They had the orange helmet for all those years. Or they go copy Cincinnati, go all white. Get like an all white helmet. I don't know. No, that'd be more, that'd be my, I might be more like um, Penn State. I don't know if they could do that or not. Pittsburgh Steelers, DC. Pittsburgh Steelers use an all yellow helmet. Maybe with the Steeler album written in black or something or something like that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, what's wrong, what's wrong with something with the right and left? Kansas City Chiefs would, 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 Kansas City Chiefs would go all white with the KC written, written red. I can go on and on and on and on about this. I can see Chargers doing all all yellow helmet, maybe with the uh, lightning, like a lightning bolt in blue or something. I don't know. I mean, who knows? <laughs> but it's, inter- it's, 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 it's interesting. 
it's an interesting thing as to the teens and all this all the helmet changes some of them is good some of it doesn't look that great but hey like i said it's interesting the nfl is trying to get different they're trying to be you know teams are trying to be different nfl is trying to be different maybe it's trying to change the times i mean let's be honest with you i mean baseball they baseball they they mess around with uniforms mess around with uniforms. Uh, the NBA, they do the same thing. They mess around with uniforms, change up uniforms a little bit to generate, you know, to generate that, you know, those, like, the dollar signs to bring in more revenue. And I think the time of change is basically the same thing. It's bringing more revenue to, to your team. Whether your team is, you know, a Super Bowl contender, whether you're a team that's on, you know, on the verge of maybe a playoff or you're just a team that's that struggle and you're trying to do everything you can to generate any type of money you can bring in to bring in to bring money to bring better players to your franchise but, but it'll be interesting to see to see if that happens to be the real case here but I think I love to see it I think the helmet changes are, are not bad like I said some are good some are not that you know some of them are kind of so-so but we'll see we'll see it'll be very interesting to see if you we are on TV or you're in the stadium. How, how, how that's going to look, how that's going to look to you. I mean, if you're an NFL fan then you, or a fan of that team, you figure, hey, man, I like, I like that look better than I do um, the regular ordinary look. I mean, who knows? But Houston, Texas, you know what? I like that red hell look better than I like, yeah, that blue look or something. Yeah, it, it all depends. Now, for the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm going to say this, being a fan of fan, no, the orange and black stripes look a lot better. I can't see them doing the, yeah, the all-white helmet with the um, the black stripes. I can't, I can't really see, see doing that, doing that whatsoever, but if it's for a game or two here and there, it's not a bad idea, but we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll see how the fans like these, like these new helmet looks for how many games it may be that, the, that their franchise it's going to use it for. Now let's t- let's talk about the um, some teams that already used uh, are using their uh, pub list. The physical some players are probably physical unable form list. Now for the Baltimore Ravens, um, they've got six players on their uh, physical unable form list. Um, what is it? Of course, one of them is you know the top two running backs, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, are put on that list. Uh, I know J.K. has come out and said that he will be ready by week one. I know Ian Rappaport came out and said that, that he doesn't feel that's going to be the case. At least that's the word he is that he's hearing from whatever sources that he uses. And I'm sure Ian probably has sources maybe with inside the um, team that we don't know nothing about. Uh, I know I've learned Ryan Stanley, he is a, he was a uh, starting left tackle, he's one of the better left tackles in the league when he's completely healthy. He's on the list. Marcus Peters, who also had an ACL injury, Marcus, when he's healthy, is, is a pretty solid cornerback in this in this league. Those are four pretty solid players for Baltimore Ravens that are going to start on the physical, unable to perform list. And for, and for, now, I know some people, I know some people don't read into it that early with the pub list. And to me, I take a different approach. 
any player lands on the lands on the pub list right off the bat, to me, even though it's his early camp, it does raise a little bit of a red flag. Now, with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, they had ACL injuries. Any ACL injury is is tricky. And I've said this before, every player is totally different. Every human being is different when it comes to coming back from a uh, torn ACL injury. Now, I don't know. Dobbins says he'll be ready by week one. There's reports that Gus Edwards could be on the track he played by week, you know, by week one. Um, now, Stanley does not have a a torn ACL, but he's had some ankle issues that have been bothering him. Um, that have been bothering him. He has missed a lot of time because because of his, because of the ankle injury. But you know, Stanley again, when he's healthy, he's one of the best left tackles in the NFL, and and I'm certainly I'm sure that. Lamar Jackson would love to see love to see him there, and the Ravens' offensive line is it was in flux last year. But for me, and Marcus Peters is certainly one of the, like I said, better corners. Now, uh, if Marcus comes back healthy, the Ravens have a pretty decent secondary, and that's something they need to be correcting the off season, and they have done that. Not only by that, but they've done that through the draft as well. But of course. For the Ravens, injuries were the biggest thing, for the, was a big problem for them last year. It would be very interesting to see if the Ravens had been completely 100% healthy for 17 games, what they could have what they could have done. And to be honest with you, I'm a Cincinnati Bengal fan, but like I said before, I call I call it as I see it. I'll be honest with you, I don't think the Bengals I don't think the Bengals could beat a Baltimore Raven team. If it was 100% healthy. But again, I mean, that's what of, could of, should of. And that's, you know, but I don't really think they can. But for the Ravens, it, it, it raised a red flag to me that you already, I know it's early, but you got four very good players sitting on, yeah, something to publish already. It worries, it, it, it worries me, it worries me big time. Now, there's some players that did avoid the pump list. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, who had some shoulder surgery, and he he avoided the pump list. And I don't know how much. I'm sure he's going to practice a little bit, but you know, but knowing Sean McFay as well as I think, a lot of these guys are probably not going to play, or probably at all in preseason whatsoever. And I don't think Jalen Ramsey is going to going to play whatsoever. Jalen Ramsey, who some feel may be the best corner cornerback in the NFL, um, any type of you know any type of injury is a concern. Now, if he had a torn ACL, that would be big. But he had some shoulder surgery done in the off season, and uh, he is coming back. He is coming. You know, he is coming back from it. So, but again, it's it's a concern to me that he does that. That he has his injury now. Granted, it's good news that he's not on the pub list. Evidently, the shoulder is not that bad, off to the point he needs to be put on this list, which is a good sign for, for, for the for the uh, defending the Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. It's it's good it's good to note, but we'll see. You know, we'll we'll see how much. We'll see how much. If it's going to affect. Jalen Ramsey or not. Now, Jalen's got week one. He has he has the Buffalo Bills coming to town. 
and he'll have to cover one Stefan Diggs. And that's a very interesting match to certainly look at week one. Now, there's all the names, there's all the names out there that, you know, uh, there's, no, there's an old name that surprisingly dodged a bullet, I guess you could say. James Robinson, running back of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, James doesn't get a lot of big-name recognition. He's been a solid player since he's entered the NFL for Jacksonville. Um, but he had an ACL injury, and evidently you know, he must be, he's, his rehab has come along better than expected. And there's even rumors out there he could be ready by week one. And this, this is good news for the Jacksonville Jaguars, because they certainly could use this young man in their running game as, you know, as Trevor Lawrence is in the second year. And uh, certainly, you know, certainly it's all about, it's Trevor Lawrence is the, is the franchise player and he needs all the help, you know, all the help he can get. A uh, healthy James Robinson is certainly, certainly a, certainly a must for Trevor Lawrence and for that offense now. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what James what if James will be back you know by week by week uh, by week one or not we will we will certainly we will certainly you know certainly see hopefully you know hopefully hopefully he will be. But a lot it, it when it comes to the pub list I mean there's people that are on the pub list and. Some say, well, it's nothing to worry about, but to me, any player that gets called on a pub list this early, even though it's we're not in camp, some you know, we're not officially starting camp as of yet, but we're getting, but we're certainly getting there. It's a concern to me now. I know that, uh, what is it, White, cornerback for the Buffalo Bills, he is starting, he had an ACL injury. He's starting the season on pub list, and he again, he is one of the better cornerbacks in this league. And I'm sure the Buffalo Bills, if they are going to be a, a Super Bowl contender, they certainly will have this young man back in their back in their lineup. The Buffalo Bills, a lot of people talk about the Buffalo Bills offense with Josh Allen leading leading it, but their defense is a pretty decent, is a very is a highly underrated defense. Their defense don't get enough respect that they truly deserves to be and white he was one of those reasons why they one of the more better defense in this league this this past year if you look at the numbers I guarantee you Buffalo had to be certainly the top in the top 10 you know maybe top seven or eight they were solid they were solid defense this past solid defense this past season I'm sure a lot more is expected from you know, Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills this season, their, their defense as well. I know that people talk about, about their um, offense a lot, but the Buffalo, but their defense is really, is really, is really that, is really that, that good. But for me, I know, you know, some fans kind of look at the Pumas, kind of shrug their shoulders, and they say it's no big deal. So and so, so and so, they're ready by by week, by week one. Well, hopefully you're right. Hopefully we'll be. Hopefully these guys, the players, guys like J.K. Dobbins, the Gus Edwards, Bailey, 
white. Hopefully these guys will be ready by week by week one. And I certainly wish and I certainly wish these guys all the best in the world of you know of uh hurrying up, getting hurt and getting back on the field. Because it's it's always a good thing when when everybody in the NFL is healthy and your best players are healthy and ready to go by week by week one. Now the next subject, we'll, next subject I'll jump on is uh, simply this, and um, <laughs> this is uh, one of the ones I kind of um, I had to shake my head about. I read this article. Um, uh, Coach Taylor, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals, pretty much had come out and said that um, that the Cincinnati Bengals are nobody. The Cincinnati Bengals are not going to nobody. The Bengals are not going to be catching anybody off guard. Um, Dude, for the first thing, so that's <laughs> that's a uh, how how can I word that? That is a that's a pretty uh, good observation, don't you think? Uh, you gotta remember something, dude. If I remember mistaken, your team did get the Super Bowl, and if your team had an offensive line, line, it probably should have been the Super Bowl champions last year. So if you went to the Super Bowl last year, yeah, people are gonna take you seriously. Now I believe that the the Bengals, I believe if if I'm not mistaken, they've got the third toughest schedule, I think, in the AFC. I might be wrong, could be wrong on that, but I believe I have read that somewhere they have a, they have a pretty tough schedule, you know. And I've said all that before, I think they might be I think they could be anywhere from nine and eight to maybe eight and nine. Now I know Cincinnati Bengals fans are gonna look at me and say, wait a minute. You know we got Joe Burrow, we got Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Our defense played well last year, so forth and so forth and so on. Again, let me go back to this. Everybody talks about you know they were ten and seven. They went to the Super Bowl last year. But let's but let's but let's look at it this way. Here's what I do look at though. They couldn't beat the New York Jets. They had a third string quarterback. They barely beat. The Jacksonville Jaguars, who were struggling, and I think it wasn't long after that's when Urban Meyer went, to, went somewhere and had a lady dancing in his lap or around him or whatever the case was, and then he got in trouble. He stayed behind, and he stayed behind in Cincinnati. So you tell me, yeah, now yeah. there's games, there's games around out there, and they played like okay, that didn't look bad at all. But to be honest with you. I mean, he guy comes out and says, Zach Taylor comes in and he comes Zach Taylor comes out and says, Nobody, yeah. Okay, no what we're yeah, nobody's going to um take us for granted. Well no, nobody's gonna take you for granted because again, you went to the Super Bowl last year. And again, I hate to say it, you do have a pretty decent team. You have a team that could probably get back into the playoffs again this year. You have a team that some expert may may consider the team to beat in the AFC North. Some might consider that, some might not. But again, but again, Zach, your uh, road to getting back to the AFC to the to the uh, AFC playoffs is going to be is going to be interesting. There's a lot of teams in that league that are solid teams: Buffalo, Miami, who knows? Maybe New England, the Ravens, the Steelers. Hell, we ever found out about the Deshaun Watson case with uh, Cleveland. Cleveland could surprise people. The t- 
Titans are still considered. The Colts, any team in the AFC. Yeah, Wes is a considered contender. If you think about it, if you really think about it, what were the only three teams that are probably not contenders? What, Jets, Texans, and maybe the Jaguars? Yeah, they might be the only three teams in the AFC that might not be, they might not be considered contenders. Everybody else, I think everybody else in the division, everybody's in that conference is considered a possibility, right? So no, you're not going to sneak up on anybody. And trust me, you got week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And trust me, you're not going to sneak up on the Pittsburgh. Matter of fact, I think Pittsburgh is probably going to get ticked off with you because one of the last meetings you had with them, yeah, you beat them, you beat them down pretty, you beat them down pretty good. And I don't think Pittsburgh is going to forget that. And remind you of this, Zach, um, Pittsburgh's got a few, you know, I've never been the biggest Pittsburgh Steelers fan in the world. Because again, A, you're in the same conference, not the same conference and same division that we are. I've never been a pseudo fan, but I do give credit where it's due. How many championships Pittsburgh won? They've won a few. How many has the Bengals won? Zero. They have not won a championship. Steelers can say that. Steelers can say they put a few Lombardi trophies on their case. Look at it. What about the Baltimore Ravens? Let me see. I believe Baltimore's won a championship, have you? Yes. Has Cincinnati won one? No, you had one win. Now, you can go up and down the roster from Buffalo. Well, no, Buffalo hasn't. Now you're right. Buffalo hasn't won a Super Bowl. I get that, but they've been. The, yeah, but they're the only team. But they went to four straight. Grant they lost four straight, and I'm sure. I'm sure Buffalo is looking to finally win a Super Bowl. Miami. Miami's at least Miami has the is the only team in the history. Of the NFL to have an undefeated season. Miami can say that. New England, we don't need to say say much about New England. I mean, damn it. Damn, dude. Even the Jets can say they won a Super Bowl. Might be Super Bowl three with Joe Namath, but at least they can say they won one. Now, Cle- now Cleveland might not be. Cleveland, you can't say they won a Super Bowl. But let's be honest with you. They had, they had won NFL championships with Otto Grahams and Jim Browns in the world. Paul Warfields, so forth, so forth, and so forth. Yeah. Now, the Colts, at least the Colts can say they've won, they've won a championship. Now, maybe the Tennessee Titans, they can't say that. Jacksonville can't say it. Okay, the Texans can't say it. The Chargers, the Chargers can't say that they've won a championship. They've been to one Super Bowl. The Raiders, well, the Raiders, sure, they've won championships. The Chiefs won a championship. Denver, Denver's won a championship. So you think about it, you think about it, dude, long and hard, you haven't won the ass like You're one of the very few teams in that conference that hasn't won a Super Bowl or a World Championship. So Zach Cliff had a great observation. Yeah, right. You're not going to sneak up on anybody because of what you did last year. I agree with that wholeheartedly. But Zach, you better remember this. You haven't won anything. And my guess is you better you better be pre- you better preach it you better instill it in the guys' heads that everybody's come gunning for you Pittsburgh gonna come gunning for you because they gonna remember yeah that uh, that one meeting you had where Pittsburgh where you said I believe and I believe the quote was that Pittsburgh gave gave up I believe that was somebody's quote unquote I want to say it was Tyler Boyd and I might be wrong on that but the assessment was that. Pittsburgh gave up 
your game will probably be the shooting. If you don't think Pittsburgh, you don't think guys like, if you don't think the defense, you don't think Pittsburgh defense got the memo on that one. And I'm sure guys like, T, I'm sure the TJ Watts of the world are going to want to tee off on, are going to say that all that new offensive line is any, is any good. Because somebody's going to want to tee off on Joe Burrow. Somebody's going to want to drop Joe Mixon for about a five-yard loss. Yes, yeah, like I get it. You're absolutely right about one thing. They're not going to sneak up on anybody. But I will say this much. And will teams sneak up on you? I don't know if teams will sneak up on you. But let me say this. My advice is you better get your team ready. And you're right about that. Because you just said yourself. You're not going to sneak up on anybody. It means you better get your team ready. People are, are the one, the ones. One reason you sound strange in Cincinnati Bengals, people are running for the Bengals, and that's a thing that was hard to hard to believe. Yeah, I get it. They've got a good young quarterback. I get that. Pretty good running back for Mixon, who doesn't get a, a lot of respect. They've got a good receiving goal. Hopefully, you guys improve the offensive line. The defense did play well last year, but it also got a little a little quite uh, a few too many times. They got let up by a third string. New York Jet quarterback Mike White, and I believe Mike White at one point in time was a Dallas Cowboy like third string quarterback, I believe. But the thing is, you're right, Zach. Let's be honest with you. You're absolutely right. You're not gonna sneak up on anybody. I get that, but I tell you what, you better get your team prepared. Prepared. You better get prepared pretty good for Week One because the Steelers, because the Steelers are gonna um. Or gonna try to knock, yeah, knock Joe Burrow out, out of a game. So you better get ready. You better get ready for your full seventeen game. And I'll say right now, maybe nine or eight, eight and nine. I don't know if the Bengals even win ten games this year, but we'll find out. I could be right. Then again, I could be wrong. But Zach, you better get them ready, and you better get them prepared. And there is no time for any complacency because they better not be complacent. Because people just say, look, I'm gunning for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, for the Bengal fans, who ever thought that, I could, that it ever could be said, people are gunning for the Cincinnati Bengals. Huh. That's kind of a funny statement in his own right. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals opponent in the Super Bowl. Let's, talk, let's go back and talk about the, the Los Angeles Rams. And, yeah, there is a report out that um, Matthew Stratford is, um, what is the headline? Kind of an elbow issue that he has rested. He has rested for that all off season, and he is not throwing all this off season because he wants to give his elbow some rest. He's gone. He's, he's in the. I think he's gone to camp already. Uh, I believe uh, Sean McVay is going to put him on a, on a pitch count. I guess if that's how, if that's how you want to say it. Now, a lot of people said there's not there's not anything to worry about. Now, to me, you went out and got Matthew Berry last year because simple fact you got Matthew Berry, but you went out and got Matthew Stratford last year because the simple fact that you feel he was an upgrade, an upgrade over Jared Goff. Now, and again, it looked like geniuses when he did it. Yes, Stratford is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. That was not a no-brainer. But Matthew Stratford delivered last year. He got you a Super Bowl. Now, 
I'm sure the Rams defense took you could take credit for that. But it was Stratford who made Cooper Cup, you know, which Cooper Cup, some people in my opinion, he could have been the MVP of this league without Aaron Rodgers. Everyone say that, he could have been the MVP. I mean, Stratford was a big, big reason why we won the Super Bowl. Now, when your top quarterback comes into camp and he's resting all year because his elbow is bothering his throwing elbow, it's a concern to me. Now, I know people are going to say, well, hey, wait a minute. He just got to camp. He's on the pitch camp. He'll be fine. It's Everything's all cool. Chill. Max. Relax. And I'm sure people are, are, are saying that. But you got to understand, it is your quarterback. And if your quarterback's had some kind of elbow issue, I don't care if it's a, I don't, you know, I don't care what kind of elbow issue it is. It's a concern to me. Now, you got him on a pitch count. Now, let's be honest with you. We already said earlier, Sean McVay is not going to put, is not going to play any of his starters in, in preseason. That's a Sean McVay thing, and I get that understanding. But my thing is, it's a concern if you're going to put Matthew Stratford on a pitch count, or that's, that's the term you want to use, it becomes a huge concern for me. Because here's a guy that helps you helps you win a Super Bowl, and you gave him a contract extension this offseason, too, among many, among many guys you brought, that you brought in that you got, you gave extensions to. Cooper Cup got an extension. Aaron Donald got an extension. You gave a nice contract to Allen Robinson. Bring him, bring him in. Yeah, you got Bobby. You got Bobby Wagner. You brought him in. So I mean, the Rams are gearing up to try to become, trying to repeat as Super Bowl champions. But a concern for me is this: if this is your starting quarterback and he's he's got he's got an elbow issue, it becomes it's a concern to me. Now, maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion. And I'm sure that's what the Rams are. The Rams are not that concerned right now about it. They're calm, cool, and collected. But if it, but to me, if it becomes a lingering thing, it's going to be a bad thing. Because then if, if Stratford has to miss any time whatsoever, it becomes a huge issue. I think, what is the, the back, I mean, the next best, the next guy up will be, I think it's, it's a John Wolford, I believe. Wolford, I believe, is the next guy up. Might be wrong on that. He'll be the next guy up. Now, John had some pretty good preseason games, but again, that's preseason. That's not, yeah, that's not regular. That's not regular season. I mean, if Matthew Stratford has to miss any time whatsoever, then the Rams' chances of being the Super Bowl champions are pretty much out the door. And I know that the Rams fans don't want to hear that, but i got to be honest with you. It becomes that becomes a, a concern. Now, Funny thing about it is, <clears throat> here's the thing about it is, if they're concerned about, if they're that concerned about um, Matthew Stratford, I mean, would they would they consider going to um, to the 49ers in their own division and try to get Jimmy G? <laughs> and that would that wouldn't wouldn't that be a wouldn't that be a funny a funny a funny thing? Don't think that's gonna happen, but that'd be a funny thing if you went out and got a guy like Jimmy Jimmy G and brought him in because you're that concerned about. Matthew Shafford and his elbow. You know, we'll 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 see we'll see how that we'll see how it how it goes. But for me, that elbow is a huge is a huge concern a huge concern to me. 
and maybe I'm reading into it wrong, I'm looking at it wrong, and that could really be that could really be the case. But for me, again, with my court, my starting quarterback, a quarterback that got me to a that got me to got me a, a Vince Lombardi trophy, and he's sitting out, and he's got an elbow issue. It becomes a problem for me now. The Rams, like I said, they don't think there's something to worry about. Matthew Stafford doesn't think there's anything to worry about either. But to be honest with you, it's a concern to me. I don't care how you slice or dice it. It's a concern if your quarterback has any type of elbow issue whatsoever. It's it's a problem to me. It becomes an issue. But maybe, you know, maybe again, you're reading into it wrong. Maybe you, you know, maybe I am overthinking it. But it's a concern to me if he's got a slight, if his elbow's a little bit sore, you got to remember, you think about a pitcher, you think about a pitcher, you always think about that, uh, the elbow starts hurting, you think about that old Tommy John surgery or something like that. Now, hopefully with Matthew Schrack, that ain't going to be the, the case here. But you can tear up anything can happen, you can tear a ligament. Matthew, well, Matthew Schrafford, Matthew Schrafford is what, what is it, Matthew, what, 34 years old or something like that? 34, I believe. Yeah, I mean, Matthew, considering Matthew might not be the spring chicken, but he's still got some time, some, some time left in him. And I'm sure that uh, when the Rams paid him a contract, to extend his contract, they could leave it right Matthew Schrafford for a few, for a few more, a few more years. But for the Rams, yeah, for the Rams, they're hoping nothing's wrong. There's nothing really wrong with Stratford because it certainly does. It certainly is a huge concern because I can't see him. I can't see Cooper Cup putting up the same numbers they did this past year if he doesn't have Matthew Stratford on the ball. I don't see Allen Robinson being a contributor if Matthew Stratford's not throwing the football. I know Tyler Higgins coming back from a knee injury, and when Higgins when Higgins healthy, he's an underrated tight end in this league. But I don't see Higby stepping his game up if Stratford's not throwing the football. You can have anybody else. I mean, you've got John Wolford. I believe that's, I believe he is the backup. But he is not Matthew Stratford. And I don't see you winning a Super Bowl or repeating the Super Bowl champions unless Matthew Stratford is your quarterback. Now, I might be naive. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm off the wall here. But again, and I'm going to keep saying it, and I'm going to keep pounding this in. Hopefully that Stratford's elbow, all it needs is rest, and he's ready to roll, ready to roll by, you know, by week one. And that seems to be the case, or the consensus that's coming out of the Rams camp. But the concern would be is this: if he, yeah, if let's just say his elbow is fine, it's all he's all well to go. What happens if by week one, or maybe in week two, he starts having an elbow elbow issue, an elbow issue? He's got a pain in his elbow. That becomes a concern. Now, to me, I'm kind of surprised that the, the staff, that I'm surprised they haven't sent to a you know to a team to the team doctor. Maybe they have sent to a team doctor. The team doctor doesn't feel it's a concern. If they have, but if they have not, he needs to do so. You need to make 100% positive, without a doubt, in your mind, that Matthew's elbow is sound and it's ready to roll. Because if it is not. And then, like I said before, and I'm going to say it again, I'm going to keep pounding it home, that it is a huge issue. It's going to become a problem, and the Rams will not repeat as your Super Bowl champions. That's all the time I have for this one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for joining me, and again, I will see you again very soon.